What if we could live more in harmony with our animal friends and the whole of nature simply by stopping and listening more? Chats with Animal Professionals and Interspecies Communicators aims to bring animals in the world of nature front and center. We'll be chatting with professionals working in the animal industry and intuitive interspecies communicators about their work in the field. I'm your host, Tracy Pierce. I'm a professional animal communicator and lifelong animal lover and spiritual explorer. I've worked with animals professionally since 2002, and I've been studying animal communication and the human-animal connection since 2014. Chats with Animal Professionals and Interspecies Communicators is for animal lovers, nature lovers, intuitives, spiritual seekers, and those interested in interspecies communication. Our aim is to bring awareness to these professions and to expose the new and old science behind some of these seemingly out-of-the-world careers. We hope to educate and tickle your mind about what is possible by discussing this work and ways we can work with our animal friends, nature friends, and the planet as a whole instead of them always being a secondary consideration. Join us now as we explore today's topic. Hello and welcome to this episode of Chats with Animal Professionals and Interspecies Communicators. Our guest today is Melissa Schubert, and our topic is Livestock Speak. With a degree in engineering and a minor in biology, it surprises many that Melissa is also an animal communicator. An even bigger surprise is that Melissa communicates predominantly with livestock. Livestock are amazing healers with varying specialties and experience levels, and they try to communicate with us in so many different ways. Melissa is here to share with others what livestock have shared with her. Everything from the excitement of their first egg being laid to asking for a specific medical intervention that helped them tremendously. Melissa, welcome to the show today. Oh, hello, Tracy. Thank you so much for having us. We're really, really excited. Yeah, you got your buddies there with you. We've got Chip, Huckleberry, and Isabel. So Chip is in the front there. <laughs> yeah, this is Chip, the goat. <laughs> Yes, letting us know he's he's in charge there. And then Huckleberry is the, the more white mm-hmm. sheep and Isabel is the more brown sheep. So anyone watching on, on YouTube or on the video portion of this podcast will be able to tell them apart. <laughs> I think they're very excited to be here with us today. They really, really are, especially Isabel. So, Wow. Awesome. Well, Melissa, to to kick things off, could you tell us a little bit about you and how you first heard about animal communication and how you really came to recognize that you were able to communicate with animals? Yeah, well, uh, so even as a child, uh, we raised ducks. So that was really, I mean, we, we hatched them and everything. So from the time I was three years old and up, I was around livestock. And, um, as a child, it didn't occur to me that it was strange that I would communicate with these ducks. It wasn't that I was, I heard voices. It was more like pictures got transferred between us and I would know, and it was more simple things like, Hey, our water's running low. Like mom water. You're like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll change your water. And, um, hi, Isabel. Isabel is very excited. Sorry. She wants to, what would you like to say? She wants to say hello, everybody. And she's really excited to be here. Oh, it, 
Isabel, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we'll talk about sheep being healers in a little bit, okay? She's very, very anxious about sharing that. She's new to being heal to being a healer, so she's just really jazzed. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, as a kid, you know, I, I did that communication and it, it didn't occur to me as anything different or something that other people didn't do or anything like that. But then as I got older and I went into engineering and everything else, um, we stopped raising ducks. And then um, I'm, I just kind of got sucked into like modern living where everything is way less grounded. Um, and I just didn't have that many livestock in my life, actually. It, it, there was a very, very long period of time when I, I didn't have any. Um, and so then I started uh, going to... Um, equine gestalt therapy and the person there had horses that she communicated with and I was just like huh and it just started like this little tiny you know snowball that that gained speed but it was like wait a minute I feel like that's something that I was able to do a long time ago but it's so blurry and and as an adult and especially someone with a degree in science it's like yeah okay you know I've I've lost I'm off the farm like I'm nuts (laughs) (laughs) and and I see I was just like you know as a kid I I, and I still have a vivid imagination so it's like this just must be something that you know I I, it's just wistful thinking I wish that I could do this and uh but then he came into the world and that night I I did hear a voice clear as bell when he was born he came up and he looked at me and he's like hi I'm Chip and that was the that was the voice I heard in my head. And I'm just like, Hey, Hey buddy. Like, oh, okay. And so that was kind of the, it, it was, it was just really, I, I was taken aback and I'm like, so then, and I met individuals such as wonderful people, like, such as yourself who are open about talking about animal communication and explain your experiences. And I'm like, okay, this is all, I'm like, maybe, maybe this is a thing, but I don't feel like talking about it with anybody until I actually have some objective evidence that I'm not nuts. (laughs) Just to put it bluntly. (laughs) You know, you you tell, you tell people, especially in in the science field about it. And they're like, okay. (laughs) Um, And so one of the, um, one of the things that I ended up experiencing that was, was very, very validating um, was, actually on a, a horseback ride. And um, it was because my niece and nephew were in, were in Colorado that they visited. And they really badly wanted to, to go for a ride. So I was like, okay, okay, all right. So I was on my horse and she was absolutely just really unhappy about being, the whole situation she was unhappy about. So she was constantly trying to go th- this way and that way. And, and I was like, I just, in my mind, I'm like, what's, what's going on? Like, what's, why are you so upset? And I'm like, is it something I'm doing? I know I'm not a good rider. I, I know basics. Um, um, and she's like, well, and then I kind of saw in the back of my head or in the, in like, in my mind that she was, a um, like a sports horse. Like she did something like raining or something like that. She was used to being very physically active in this trail riding thing was really a bummer for her. So on that ride then, um, and I'm like, well, I'm really, I'm sorry that you're in this profession that you're in now. You're, you're 
a trail horse. Um, and I'm like, I'll, I'll try to be the best rider I can for you. And then she kind of like, she settled in and she started, you know, she still wasn't happy about it, but the ride was much more, um, easy going with her. And, and then she's like, well, and I'm just in a lot of pain right now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she, she, like, I felt this sharp pain above my ankle and I was just like, what? No. And then I was like, do you have an injury? She's like, yeah, my front leg, my front leg. And I'm like, okay. So when the trail and like the ride ended and I went to the leads, the, the people that were leading the adventure. And I was like, guys, can you check her? Can you check her legs? I think she has an injury. And they checked her legs. And sure enough, the front leg had a big gash in it. And I was like, oh my God, like I heard her, How, I, I heard like heard. <laughs> um, and, and then, you know, they're just like, oh my gosh, we didn't notice this and all those things. But that's kind of where this whole thing started, where between Chip and then that horseback riding thing and being validated that, that, that was accurate information. However, I received it, <laughs> it, it was, and um, after that, she was just like so much more mellow as they were like working on treating her wound. And, um, and it seemed like she felt heard too, which is part of what I find so important. It's like, they have a voice. They just don't necessarily have a human to translate for them all the time, or, you know, it's not as common. So that's kind of how all of it started. Wow. That's such an interesting story. And I really feel like what you said about getting that validation is so important, especially early on learning animal communication, because it's easy to kind of write it up. Well, I'm just hearing that in my head or, oh, I'm just making that up. But when, when you get that kind of validation, it just kind of clicks, clicks, clicks like, oh, yeah, this is real. This is really happening. And yeah, that that's a really amazing story about that horse. I don't think you told me that before. No, I. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've shared that with you yet. Yeah, that was really I was like, oh my gosh. And um, and the other thing was is I shared it with my family too, because they were along on, on the ride. And I mentioned it to them even before I got off the horse. I'm like, I think she's injured. I, I'm gonna ask about it. And so that's when and they're like, Okay, how do you know that? And I'm like, I, I just am getting like this information from this horse. And um they're kind of like, okay. And then sure enough, when I got off and they found the injury, everybody was like, oh, so it was also, it wasn't just like, it was something that I experienced personally, just in this little, like I was out in the field with no one else around. It was with other people too. And, um, and that was just really, really different and really intriguing. Um, and so neat. I'm, I'm sad that that horse was injured, but it was just a really interesting experience. Um, uh, and I'm glad that I was, I was able to say something for her and get her some help. So. Yeah, that's really important being able to, to speak up for them. It's, it's amazing to be able to do that. And I applaud you for, you know, some people might've not even felt like they could speak up about it. And, uh, it's, it's really amazing that the horse was able to, to get the treatment that she needed there. So it's my understanding anyway, you don't consider yourself a professional animal communicator. It's more like something that's kind of been, I don't know if we want to say a hobby or just kind of a skill that you practice on, on the side. But 
I do feel like it's important to highlight for our listeners that you don't really have to be a professional in order to communicate with animals. So, Melissa, do you have any encouragement or keynotes you might, might like to share with people who are just starting to learn animal communication? Yeah, I think, well, first, in my opinion, everyone has the ability to, to communicate with animals. The thing is, it might not be a voice you hear in your head. It might be, like I described, it might be a feeling you feel in your body, and they're, they're trying to convey that to you. It might be kind of an image that pops in your head that seems not something that you'd expect to pop in your head. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they, they try to communicate in whatever way the, the individual can process it the best. And sometimes if you, you feel like you're getting some information, but it, it's very confusing, you can ask them to try again. I do that often, right? Sometimes I get, um, what would you like to share? Huckleberry would like to share something. What would you like to share? Oh, he wanted to remind me that um, the the best thing and what he, he promised me to do often is to see if you can ground yourself, like meaning during the day, there's all this chaos and all this up, like if you in horse terms, like you're just like, OK, I, I went to work, I have to do laundry, <laughs> all these distractions and all these things going on. And in order to hear these guys in whatever way you receive it you really have to to let all that kind of slip away and fall away and then just try to be in in tune with the earth like the earth energy so the earth is kind of if you think of it like a sound a hum like a low beautiful easygoing hum and if you can tune into that hum then you can receive the information much much easier because then there's not the cacophony of laundry and pick up kids and <laughs> all these other things and so they might be trying to communicate with you but it's kind of like a radio station like you have the radio station and the tv and you got you know your computer going you have so many things so many tabs open too that th- the signal just doesn't get through because it is in in my experience it's a much subtler signal uh, um and so um to everybody really uh if you're ever feeling discouraged, actually, I recommend asking the kiddo that you're trying to communicate with to give you give you hints or tips as to how how to best tap into the way they're communicating, and just just play with it. Like I would pick one kiddo, whether it's um, if you don't have a dog or a cat, maybe it's it's the bunny that you see in your backyard, or um, maybe it's a bird that you see every morning. Maybe they're they'd like to communicate with you um, and then center yourself, kind of let all the day's stuff slip away um, and then just be open to whatever you experience. And uh, that that's at least my, my advice. Um, and, and just keep trying with different kiddos too, because like some, some of the kiddos are more open and understanding that humans want to communicate with them. I've experienced some other munchkins that, oopsies, um, even whether it's wildlife or whether it's livestock, where they're like, I didn't realize humans would com- try, like, to even try to communicate with us. They, they're so confused. It's not, but some of them come into this, this form in this lifetime, um, just really being like, they understand, like they want to part of their purpose is to communicate with humans. So just because with one kiddo, it, it doesn't work as fluidly as you wish it would, or it just 
nothing's really happening. You don't feel like you're getting any physical sensations, pictures, sounds, sensations, tastes, any of that. Um, then try another kiddo. Just just keep trying because there will be the kiddo that really wants to communicate and, and you want to communicate and it will happen. So, um, and then take wonderful courses like what Tracy has too, because she has so much knowledge and, and can really, really just open, open your eyes and open your experiences too. So highly recommend my sister went through Tracy's program and absolutely loved it. So great. Yeah. Uh, little public service announcement there. <laughs> A little plug. Yeah. Th- thanks for mentioning that. I, I appreciate that. And I, I really agree with, with everything you said, like the importance of grounding. It's so important. We tend to get in all our heads and blah, 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 blah. like, it's really hard to communicate even with other humans when we're like that. And <laughs> even more so with the animals and that connection to the earth is so important. And also finding a range of animals to to speak with because i've found a lot of people too like with their own animals that they live with every day sometimes we can get in our heads a little bit too much about that too just because we know so much about the animal already but yeah talking to yeah. somebody else's animal like like what you said and oh, you yeah. were first talking with that horse like that wasn't an okay. animal you had any investment in or, or anything necessarily. And yet it came through so clearly. So a lot of really great tips there, Melissa. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, when we tend to think of animal communicators or communication, we tend to think about um, animal communication being primarily with domesticated animals who live with us, like, like cats and dogs. However, your experience seems really unique to me where you've used your skills to, to talk more with livestock. Could you tell us, I mean, you said how, how it started with Chip, but is there anything else yeah. that really kind of directed you towards speaking more with livestock than, than other domesticated animals per se, and perhaps how that's evolved over time? Yeah. Um, so I definitely just, um, spent some time working at a livestock rescue and there were many, many different species there. Um, anywhere from like a teeny weeny little quail to, uh, huge, huge cows. So like Angus cows. And, um, so it just it it just kind of happened i guess organically that these kiddos started communicating because usually what i tried to do when i first made a kiddo is i just say hi my name is melissa what's your name and i try to kind of like you would with a human like just a, a i'm reaching a hand out to say like just hello i have no agenda i i just and then as a caretaker i would say like please let me know if you need water food medicine that was part of the like as a caretaker, I, I, I need to know those things. Like if something's amiss and, um, uh, so that was kind of how, um, cookie and, uh, cookie is this beautiful, beautiful chicken, um, at this livestock refuge. And, um, she came to us real little, so she wasn't laying eggs yet. And, uh, she was just, just the sweetest, sweetest bird. And one morning, um, after chores had been done, like, and I was in their area, she came like running to me, which I was like, Oh, I'm like, are you injured? Like what's going on? Oh my gosh. Did like, is somebody stuck somewhere? I didn't, I didn't know. And, uh, hi, Isabel. Um, 
Isabel, yes, I'm going to get to the sheep. She's still, she's <laughs> less than a year old. So she will get, we'll get to sheep. Okay. Yeah. I love you. Um, so cookie came, cookie came running and, um, and, and she was just so excited. And then as she got closer to me, I saw like, she's like, she's like egg, egg. And I'm like, so, and then she was kind of like, follow me, follow me was the, was the kind of the feeling. So I was like, okay, all right. So I followed her and she ran up into the, the hen house, which I had already cleaned out. The eggs were already out of there. So I was like, okay. And I'll be done. I opened the door and there was this beautiful brown egg and it was warm still. So she's like, I laid it. I laid this egg. I laid this egg. And she was so proud and she was so, so sweet. It's so cute. So she just wanted to share how excited she was about how she laid an egg. And she, she was just kind of like, oh, look, <laughs> I'm a big girl now. In one case, it was uh, with Sophia. She's an 800 pound pig, the sweet, sweetest girl. She um, was surrendered with horrible arthritis, just really. And it's with that much weight, it's hard for her to get up. And so, of course, the the refuge was was medicating her as best they could with um, as much pain relief as they could get her per the weight weight. But she was she was getting to the point where she wouldn't even get up for breakfast. And for those that know pigs, like they will pretty much have lost a leg and still make it to breakfast. <laughs> they love food, <laughs> love it. Um, so for her not even to get out of her, her pig house to come for breakfast was extremely alarming. Um, so we were concerned that it may be kind of her time to, to transition. And, but I went and I talked to her and I'm like, sweetie, can, like, I'm like, we can't give you any more pain meds. I'm sorry. Like, you know, is what else is going on? And all of a sudden I got this wash of like the world was spinning and topsy turvy and I was going to puke everywhere. And then it went away. And I was like, that feeling went away. I'm like, are you just really dizzy and like nauseated? And, and it was just like, yeah. It's like, Oh my God, I think we're over medicating you. And like just for her body, for her, you know, like each human has a sense, like we were doing it right for her weight. But, um, so, so we ended up slowly reducing her medication amount and I'll be darned like she started to come out of the pig house and then she started to like actually be very excited to come out of the pig house for for breakfast she was even going to the mud pit again I mean the whole nine yards she was just and you know and then she was just like thank you thank you you listened and like spoke up because um while yes the arthritis was really uncomfortable the the side effects of the med medication were just making it that she was just feeling so dizzy and sick so that was just amazing. And I'm really grateful that she, she communicated with me that so that we could get her the help that she needed. Cause we were trying our best. We thought we were doing what was right, but it wasn't quite right for her system. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I kind of wish like every animal sanctuary or rescue kind of had an animal communicator on hand or, you know, trained everybody. Cause I, there's a lot of good, of course, being done in the world by these sanctuaries and these uh, refuge places. But like, I feel like your story really illustrates how much more we could be doing and, and helping it in a different way. So I, again, I really applaud the work that you you did with that that group and the animals that you were able to help during that time. It's it's really cool to hear these kind of stories where, you know, like in Sophia's case, it might have been, well, I guess it's time to let her go. But she 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 didn't feel that way. It's just our human interpretation sometimes can 
kind of get in the way and um, being able to take in the actual viewpoint of the animal can make such a huge difference. And I'm sure Sophia is still, you know, do you know if Sophia is still around? She's she, doing really good. Yeah. Good, yeah. good. Yep. And she's probably thanking you daily for your help. <laughs> so we've got Chip here in the background again. Uh, he was hey, back, back in 2020. I did the live with the animals interview series and Chip was one of the, the little buddies during the pandemic <laughs> lockdowns that we talked to. And somehow this turned out to be one of the most popular videos on my YouTube channel, actually. So I'm really curious to hear what you guys have been up to. I know for a while you were doing kind of therapy goat stuff with him or, you know, what's up with Chip these days? We were able to go to one um, senior center before really COVID locked everything down and then we couldn't couldn't visit. And it was just really special to see how excited people were to to come into the area we had set up, and then their their faces just lit up um, when when they were able to just interact with them because you know he just has a really he has a very uplifting energy. Like I kind of think of the sheep. Hi, sweetie. She really, really wants me to talk about sheep. <laughs> I will soon. <laughs> the one year old. I know, baby. And and kind of the sheep have more, in my experience at least, a, more of a calming energy, whereas Chip has like, he's kind of almost like a cup of coffee, like in terms of energy, like he just kind of gives you this extra energy. And so for these seniors to get that kind of like boost of energy, you could just see the color like getting nice and nice in their like their skin and that's just really, really cool to see. And he was so happy. He's like, this is good. Um, and so when we were in lockdown, we could still walk like out in public places. Um, and we had to wear masks and everything. We followed the proper procedures, but we would start walking around a local park um, and the trails there because they allowed horses. So it's like, okay, it should be okay with other livestock. And um, so we just encountered a lot of people that way that were just really, not just seniors, but all different sorts of people that were just really, um, you know, just hurting because of COVID. Just it was it, it, it's such it was such a trying time. And then for to see this goat, and most people did a double take. They're like, "Oh my gosh, we thought that was a dog from a distance." And because I have him on a leash, like he walks beautifully <laughs> on the leash. And um, uh, so we ended up doing things that way because it wasn't uh, going to a senior center or something like that was not a possibility. And so then we ended up, uh, he was at the refuge with me for a while while I worked there. So he got so much time with all the different volunteers and the tour groups. And uh, he got to just really bring that, that I, I'm going to call it like a cup of coffee, <laughs> kind of like his color <laughs> type energy. Um, and he kind of had quite the, quite the crew of people that absolutely um, love him. Then we ended up at a land that I was leasing where, and I don't think I've told you about this yet, Tracy. Um, the folks that own the property that we leased uh, are teachers. And um, so they would have their, they'd ask parents and their students if they'd want to come, come say hi to these guys. So there was actually people coming then to the land we leased to see him. And so currently we just moved to this, this land pretty recently. Um, that other land got flooded badly. So we had to leave. Um, and uh, so we're trying to figure out the the best way to kind of integrate Chip again. He's been asking about hikes. Uh, I tried to get him a backpack type harness and he was not excited about that. And so recently I was like, 
but you still got to wear, you got to wear gear when we're out. I can't just let you walk next to me. Um, and, and he's okay with the flat collar. So we're going to do the flat, right? You're going to be okay with the flat collar. Whoopsies. Yeah. And then I think we're going to go um, on trails again, just to, to do it that way. The, the person that I was in contact with at the senior place pre-COVID uh, is no longer with that company. So it's harder to, it's a lot to organize, organize the senior visits. We'll, we'll get him back out there because he's definitely ready to, ready to get back out there. So that's what's happening with Mr. Chip. Uh, Chip. Well, I remember one of, I went with you on one of these walks around the trails and, you know, just outside of Longmont, Colorado and actually Huckleberry was with us. And I do remember everybody was kind of looking at us like, Whoa, what's going on here? You're, you're walking a sheep. (laughs) It was just kind of fun to like, you know, like tickle people sort of is how I, I felt it. So we know that Chip's really interested in, in this kind of stuff. Do you, are Hick, Huckleberry and Isabel interested in in this too, or what do they think about this? Yeah, uh, well, uh, Isabel is so excited for the opportunity to to learn how to become a healer, and um, Huckleberry happens to be uh, a very seasoned healer and ships uh, a very seasoned healer as well. And what I mean by that is um, they have the confidence and they seem to have the knowledge of how to help people feel their best. And she's just very new to it. She really, really wants to learn. And um, so they've, they've been actually practicing on, on me. So Huckleberry helps tremendously when my anxiety is really just really bad. And, um, because I suffer from general anxiety disorder and, um, PTSD, uh, and along with severe depression. So when I'm just like super anxious, he will just, it's like, he helps clear, clear the energy and just get rid of all of that anxiety energy. Um, and Chip, on the other hand, if my depression is really raging, he will just bring that caffeine energy through and up. It's almost like Chip brings the earth energy up that, and then Chip kind of washes the, the uck out, if you will, like the, and, and brings more grounding. And so Isabel's trying to learn these different techniques because they're quite different. And, um, uh, so the, the first time actually that, that she, she tried it with me is, um, I had just, uh, come out of a therapy session, but there was more like to work through. So I sat down and um, she came up. She's like, can I try? Because I didn't realize she wanted to be a healer. Um, I just knew that she had wanted to be part of our herd. And uh, but I won't ask a kid, you know, if that's not their interest, I, I won't ask them to do that, of course. And so, um, so it's like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to give this a try? So um, I guess the best way to describe it is is in the meditation. It was almost like there was a piece of obsidian by my shoulder blade just piercing in and that was where kind of all the emotions had manifested in in that particular instance and um I was like can you help me dislodge this because I I can't like I was just so worked up that I couldn't clear it and um she's like yeah okay I'll help help and then um so what she the picture she sent to me was basically just like pushing the obsidian shard out she's like why don't you just push it out just imagine like a force and and uh and Huckleberry doesn't run for too much (laughs) He's kind of a slow dude. He's a big dude. And he like 
made a huge noise and he came running and Chip came running and they're just like, that's too intense. That's too much. You got to go slower. And uh, so she's like, okay. And so I said, I'm like, what, what else can we do? What can you I'm like? Cause I really am stuck. Like I'm just so frustrated in this situation. <laughs> and she's like, well, maybe we just, you know, skin can grow behind it and can slowly kind of organically get pushed out because the healing is happening behind it and pushing it out. And then these guys, yeah, okay. So then off they went. And uh, uh, and then later in that meditation too, she was really, really helpful with, with just finishing that whole process of getting that out because that was a big um, clearing that had to happen. Uh, and then I was just trying to get my energy back up because it was just so draining to go through all of that. It takes a lot of energy to go through all that clearing. I was trying to think of like how to bring that energy back up. and the thing that came to my mind was basically just like being on a trampoline and just jumping on a trampoline and almost just like flying away. And then both of these guys, like Chip was like, ah! <laughs> and they came running again. <laughs> and, um, and uh, they're just like, Isabel, Isabel, like tell her to, you know, ground a different way, ground a different way. And for the life of me, I can't remember exactly what she had sent, but, but whatever it was, it like, it's, it helped me bring that, that energy, like more like the chip caffeine energy back back in without just completely you know kind of dissociating uh, in a manner of in a manner of speaking and so it's pretty tremendous what what these guys can do some but I will say some of them are not interested in healing it's not like every single sheep you meet is interested in that profession and occupation it really is a profession of sorts if you do need a healing actually one thing you can do is and if you're around um you know any kind of animals you can just ask them like would you mind helping me with a healing? I really need a healing. And yeah, and that's what I do. So they don't actually generally offer healings unless I ask because they're just like, you know, they respect that you're going to process stuff the way that you are. Right. Is there anything you'd like me to add? What am I forgetting? Oh, <laughs> he said, he's like, sheep love us. They they very much want me to share about the, the sheep because sheep kind of get overlooked. In many ways, I think um, they're actually incredibly, incredibly smart and incredibly affectionate, as you can see here. Love you, and very, very just wonderful. And um, oh, Isabel's little nose—I don't know if you can see her. Hi, sweetie. Yep. Um, and they—he's kind of funny. This is my interpretation of what he's saying, but he's like, "We're people too," kind of like you know. His tail just wagged. Yeah, did I get it right? Oh, good. Oh, good. I don't know if you guys could see his tail, but his little tail wagged. Yeah, I think that that kind of naturally ends what I was talking about. But did I did I did I miss anything, Mr. Huckleberry or Isabel? Did I miss anything, sweetie? <laughs> she just says thank you, people. Thank you for tuning in, guys. <laughs> she's just, she's so excited that the word is getting out. Right. Aww. Maybe. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I keep feeling like Isabel might have something else she wants to share with us. I don't know. I guess I keep feeling this place of hope with her. Um, it's kind of, I guess, perhaps a recurring theme in my life, you know, like coming back to this place of hope. And I, I keep feeling the hope in her heart is what's coming through and I'm not sure exactly what it's about but it could be just kind of on a on a broad broad level like hope for life hope for humanity hope for the sheep hope for 
her becoming a healer. There's, I, I can also feel like the youngness in her. Mm-hmm. And there's this, which to me is actually very inspiring. Like there's just this curiosity and youngness and sort of zest for life that don't always feel, I guess, sometimes in, especially in livestock, you know, so. That is, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Isabel. Yeah, thank you, sweet are friend. You, are you complete? It's like, no. Okay, can you try again? This is an example of the try again. It's like, I'm not quite getting, I'm not quite, quite getting what you're trying to say, Punky. Oh, she's like, give us a chance. Okay, that was interesting. I think it goes along with, with the hope part. Good girl. So, so it's kind of the, don't dismiss us. You know, because a lot of people, they'll see like, oh, they're just sheep. It's like, but we're people too, right? Yeah, don't dismiss us. Yeah. I just feel the, it's almost like these, these waves of love coming off of her too. Like, A, she really loves you, but there's also just like this sense of love for Huckleberry and Chip and kind of, I feel like the whole... I don't know if you call it a farm where you where you are now, but I also feel like the connection to the land that she has and a real love for that. I see you, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say the love part because um, when I look at the aura of these kiddos, she is definitely... And, and, to me, auras don't necessarily have to be the same colors as chakras, but I know that that maybe differs from other folks. Inter- but but for me, pink pink is indicative of of like love, and that's her aura is is like a is a is a lovely pink color, and and huckleberries is like an ocean blue, just um and and that kind of is just the like the ever present steady state. Like the ocean's always there, the current's always moving, like calmness and and granted there's turbulence, but but the the color to me is is just calmness. And then uh chip is like a emerald green, because to me that's that's like vibrancy and forest and um so it's not necessarily that's their aura color, and I'm sure it can shift and there's a, all sorts of different um things that go along with that. But my my experience with the but the kiddos here is is definitely the pink and love for with Isabel. So Aww. I was just gonna ask if if there were um experiences you've had with livestock that you'd like to share too. I'm really, really interested to hear. I feel like I haven't talked to as many livestock as other domesticated or even wild animals, but I guess during the Live with the Animals series, I did talk to a number of different livestock. And I think one of the things that struck me was they weren't all the same. Like each one of them seemed to have their own individual personalities and views on things. Like, as you remember, you know, a few days ago, I came to hang out with you there at the farm and 
And Huckleberry was telling me his thoughts about eating meat. He was not so happy that I eat as meat as much meat as I do. And, you know, he was telling me about that. And I was listening. And, you know, I've I've heard that from some livestock animals. Yeah. But I, I've also heard from other livestock animals that they understood that they were here to be meat yeah. or to be milk or to be fi- fiber or, you know, feathers used in some way. And, and they were understanding of that and accepting. I mean, this is not to say that there aren't some yeah. huge problems in the meat industry. There definitely are. And, you know, in the livestock yeah. industry in general, but yeah. I think one of the things that just really struck me is that livestock are as different from each other, you know, individuals as humans are. And, you know, like, I mean, Chip and Huckleberry have such completely different personalities. <laughs> they do. Uh, you know, even though they're both both considered livestock or, you know, I've met I've, I've actually I've I've talked to quite a few goats, <laughs> um, which some people may or may not consider livestock. but. Um, yeah, just, I mean, all the goats seem so different from each other and they have these really individual personalities, just, just like we do. So that's one of the things that has stood out to me. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree with everything you've said. Absolutely. That's been my experience too. They're all, they're all individuals and they all have their individual like opinions and hopes and, um, fears, uh, just, just like any person would have varying interests and uh all those things yeah so I'm really curious if you feel like chip has something I don't know I just keep getting chip 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 (laughs) in the background is there anything you're picking up that he wants to share with us (laughs) he keeps showing me like for people for people that, that are interested in in is this what you're trying to say? Okay. He he it's it's more uh I was interpreting it more specific than he meant it. Uh he's he's kind of showing me a picture of of just like uh if if you're really interested in in communication, there are lots of places you can go to experience livestock. So like one of the things that popped into my head and he's like, yeah, is like a state fair. Um, or there's just all these different places or, uh, I mean, a petting zoo or a refuge, like a sanctuary, um, where you can volunteer or tour or anything like that. And he's like, uh, you know, or even like a tractor supply store, they have birds like chickens, like baby chickens. So there's places that you can go if you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know how I would even begin talking to to livestock there are places you can go where you can just kind of reach out and say hi my name is you know would anyone care to to talk with me or communicate with me in any way did I catch did I catch that what else mister he's he's a funny funny character he's just like also tell them I'm cute I'm like they know you're cute (laughs) (laughs) that's funny I kept picking up like I was getting this this these images of you know how goats traditionally kind of just boing 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 around especially when they're little and there's just (laughs) this big sense of joy that 
for me anyway, that, that comes with that. And I feel like that's part of also what Chip is here to bring is just like this joy. And like, my heart just feels kind of uplifted when I, when he's showing me that. And it's almost like this level of not judging us for being livestock. Like there is sort of this, I feel like in the human mind hierarchy, thing and you know livestock are down here and then domesticated animals are here and humans are here kind of thing and yeah there's just so much I feel with the joy and the doing doing like happiness curiosity (laughs) goat thing that he's oh yeah I feel I feel like he very specifically chose a goat body and that's part of the reason is just that level of joy especially this day and age like I think we've we've come to accept goats as as something a little bit more interesting perhaps in, in at least american society and he definitely i think that's kind of the joy is maybe what i experienced that the caffeination it's just like yeah. that rejuvenation and that that happiness so we've we've talked about a lot of things here today i wonder if any any of your buddies there have anything else that they want to share or anything else comes to mind for you, Melissa, that we haven't already talked about? One story I want to share that's actually, do you not want me to share this one, Chip? He's like, eh, so I'm going to share it anyways, because I love it. And I think it's cute. When, when we moved here, there weren't any cows in the field next to us. When the uh, grass was big enough, they brought some cows over. <laughs> Chip had, they had been grazing like this field down quite a bit and the cows had just been in that you know like brand new pasture so um the the kind of the lead cow came and and she just like looks over and then her like chip came to the fence and she came as close to the the fence as as they really could he was just kind of grumbling that he's like yeah we don't have that much of the good stuff left and she's like well everything's great over here why don't you just come on over here and she was she's just like i don't understand but, but I can't go through the electric fence. <laughs> I thought I brought like treats and food out for them because I felt really bad. But interspecies, even within livestock, they can they can communicate with each other. And it was more of I'm not sure what how they they experienced it, but it was clearly like they were communicating these different things, and they let me they let me kind of listen in because I had asked. I'm like, hey, what are you guys talking about? What's going on? Um, it wasn't like that was broadcasted to me, but. So even within like the different livestock species, they can communicate with one another, which I find very, very intriguing because they are so different, even between like goats and sheep, they, they behave differently. They have different temperaments of sorts. Yeah. That's a cool story. I, <laughs> it's so interesting. Why don't you just come on over here? <laughs> well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining me here today and telling us your story and your experiences with livestock. I've found it really, really fascinating. It's it's an area I haven't explored near, nearly as much, I think, as you have. So it's been really interesting for me to hear. And I'm sure listeners are going, wow, that's cool, too. So if if people listening wanted to reach out and connect with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, yep. Email me at uh, my last name, Schubert.missy at gmail.com. Email is the best way. Uh, love to answer questions and, and hear your stories too, because that's always fun. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely include that in the show notes so people will be able to connect with you if they feel so called. 
All right, Melissa, again, thank you so much for being here today. It was so wonderful to connect with you and, and to hear your stories and to hear from Isabel, Huckleberry, and Chip as well. <laughs> Thanks, you guys, for participating. Yeah, they're like, thank you. Where did Chip go? Oh, Chip's like, I'm getting water. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tracy. <laughs> really appreciate <laughs> really appreciate that that you had us on and thank you for giving us the opportunity to to talk and um especially to give these guys a, a place for the where they can share their thoughts and feelings too that's that's just tremendous thank you so much uh, you're welcome my pleasure thank you dear listener for tuning in today i hope you find yourself tickled and considering what else is possible when we decide to listen in different ways your animal and nature friends want to communicate with you. Are you ready to listen? If you found this podcast valuable and would like to support us, please use the donation link in the show notes to make a donation. Thank you so much for your support. If you're an animal professional or interspecies communicator and would like to be a guest on the show, please send an email to hi, that's H-I, at tracy-pierce.com. Music is courtesy of Fesslian Studios. All links we mention will be provided in the show notes for this episode. If you found this show informative or helpful, please consider leaving us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts.